Hey, thanks everyone. You know, since this is our, our grand opening celebration, we've actually been here a couple of months now, but it took us that long to get all the bugs worked out, so we're glad we put this off a little bit. But thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for responding to uh, all the invitations. Um, those of you who know us and, and, and have been with us for a while, and maybe even those of you who don't, know that one of our co-founders and our dear, dear friend, uh, Bob Beecham, who everybody knows as Bubba, uh, passed away in January, and he is he's one of our co-founders. He's been the main leg of support that has kept us going, and we have his wife, we have his daughter, and his granddaughter here, and they're going to present something to us. Is that right? Is it here? Uh, okay. It's right here? Okay. Well, come on up. Come on up. This is Judy and Sherry. Yeah. is his granddaughter, and here she comes. And I'm going to turn it over to Kelly, because I think you wanted her to speak, right? You don't, you don't want a microphone? I didn't think so. All right. Good morning. Um, <laughs> good morning. Um, anyway, we, um, we appreciate you all being here, and I know Bubba would be so proud of this day and this moment when um, all this has kind of just come to life and grown, and it's it's a beautiful thing to see, and thank you, Dave. And um, So we wanted Bubba to stick around, so we brought a um, great big picture of him that you guys can hang in the hallway. And so um, there he is, and here we are, and thank you all, and keep, keep doing what you do because it makes a difference in a lot of lives, and that was what Bubba was all about. So um, thank you. Thank you, dear. Bubba's going to be with us for the rest of the service, so it's going to be great. You know, I haven't even begun to miss him yet. It's just been so quickly. There's been so much going on, the whirlwind of moving the church from San Juan to San Clemente. So in many ways, I haven't had time to grieve, haven't had time to mourn, and, and I think that's a common sort of thing, and we're going to just be missing him, I think, more and more every day. But his legacy lives on. All of this is because of him because of his heart, because of his generosity, and because of his drive, as Kelly said, just to, to want to help people. And so we're just thrilled to have Love known him. Love Bubba, absolutely. And what we thought we'd do, you know, since this is a grand opening, since we do have a lot of, of people here for the first time, what we thought we'd do is just bring up a few people to just talk about what it is that they were looking for, maybe in their spiritual life, what they were able to find here, how they landed here, and, and how they felt at home. And what we did was we have three people, one person first who's only been here just a few months, and then someone who's been here a couple of years or so, and then a couple that's been here since God made dirt. So, we'll <laughs> <laughs> so Bill, would you come on up, buddy? This is Bill Fellers. Thanks, Dave. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. All right. Um, no, 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 I'm not that old. Look like it, but I'm not. Um, before I get into why uh, Gail and I came to the effect, I thought I'd give you a little bit of background on, on us. Um, I, grew, I was born in Aberdeen, South Dakota, and I grew up there until I was in high school. And about this time of year, my folks were going to split up in my sophomore year of high school, and so I was sent off to a, uh, Oak Grove Lutheran High School in Fargo, North Dakota. And it was there that I realized that I could have a personal relationship with God. And I 
had met a kid from the reservation in North Dakota that really resonated with me, and, and I just connected at that time. It was also the time when I met Gail, and um, we got married a couple of years later after we, when we were in college. Uh, we have three children. I have a daughter that was my graduation present at, in 1979, and a son in 1981, and a daughter in 1983. I think I got those right. Um, you know, there's as we as we moved around. I remember, first of all, let me let me back up a second because one of the things that relates to the effect is when I when I first shared with my mom that I had become a Christian in high school. You know, her response was, "But Bill, you're a Lutheran." You know, and and you know, for Norwegians, Lutheranism and Norwegians are the same thing. And so when we were in college, we started going to a Baptist church, which my mom really got torqued with that because that was like the exact opposite. But as we kind of moved around in the Midwest raising our family, we lived in Texas, Kansas, South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, and moved out to California in 1989. We had experienced a lot of different denominational differences with the churches that we had been in. And as serious as Gail and I have been in our faith since we met, basically, uh, we still, at this stage, still address family dysfunctions that affect myself, affect Gail, my relationship with her, and with our family. And when I um, first became aware of the effect, Gail had been starting uh, in Al-Anon, and her sponsor had shared with her where she went to church, and it was at the effect. So she came home from a Thursday meeting, and we were, I was sitting in my office, and she said, have you ever heard of this? And so we went online, and I just, uh, there was a statement on the website that we are a community of imperfect people working together to find the emotional recovery and spiritual transformation that is the effect of God's love. If there's no effect, how can we say we're in love? And from there, I was hooked, and I, I spent the rest of the afternoon reading through the website and just kind of understanding what the effect was about, because I didn't want to walk into a Jim Jones cult, and I <laughs> wanted to um, have a comfort that of where the boundaries were with this group. And so when I walked in, the, in, in just this past October, frankly, that we were here, um, I felt like I was walking into a 1970s... Christian coffee house that we went into in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and it was in an old fire station. It was called Firehouse. And the music, I thought, you know, there was like the mamas and papas playing up front here. The, um, there was a hippie walking around, John, wherever you're at. <laughs> and it was, it was pretty neat. So, you know, since then, uh, you know, and that, and that first Sunday, I guess the thing that, that struck me was uh, just there was such a soulful restful atmosphere and I remember uh, pretty much being in tears most of the most of the service I was taken by the quality of the musicians the message uh, and I just felt like this was a place where Gail and I can heal and um, it's been a good journey I appreciate the uh, middle of the week workshops that we have and what gives me credibility with this group of people that I've been learning more and more over this last six months is that it's a group of people that have experienced some of the hardest things that life can throw at us. And they're learning tools that I need to learn, that I need to keep learning um, 
for entering deeper in my relationship with the Lord and finding that soul rest. I've been trying to practice during Lent the quieting, the meditation, and that's been really beautiful to continue adventure in that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing that journey with this group of people, and I feel privileged to be able to be here. So thank you. Thanks, Bill. And Baron, why don't you come on up? Baron's been with us, is it about two years now, dear? About two years. And uh, Baron has probably invited as many people to the effect as anyone who's ever been here. She's just a little... In fact, I wanted to clone her. I wanted to get permission to clone her, but her husband objected, so I don't know what was up with that. But uh, thank you so much for everything. Baron has also become one of our, one of our teachers, instructors, and, and she's starting a new class on a deeper dive into the Enneagram on the 27th on Tuesdays, and so we just appreciate everything you've been doing, dear. I love this church. Um, yeah, two years ago, I was looking for a church, and some friends said, you should try this effect. They have 12-step groups. They read books of authors that you love, like Richard Rohr and Thomas Keating and Brennan Manning and... Um, they've got great worship, and so I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll check it out. So when we were over in San Juan, um, I pulled up, and, and my, um, my past is of the High Episcopal Church, beautiful you know, stained glass windows, and, um, and I saw these people. In, in my judgment, I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> there, was, there was this guy with long hair, barefoot, with a, with a uh, uh, I don't know, a terrible word, wife beater shirt. I think we call them tank tops, though. But, and, um, and I swear I thought there was a guy with a blue beard. But I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going in. So, um, oh my gosh, I just fell in love with, you know, I love it when God changes my judgmental nature. Because I go in with this judgmental, you know, holier than thou, better than. And then I'm just like, wow, this is, this is church. If this is the real deal. This is love here. They practice the real stuff. And um, it's so wonderful. I just feel so at home here. Like um, Bill said, it's a perfectly imperfect people experiencing God's love. And I just have to give accolades to our pastor who has this generosity of presence. And I've watched Dave with people, and he gives them his whole heart and time and, and presence, no matter who they are in the midst of, of crazy moves and just busyness and you know coming off the stage from being in the band and giving his message, he has time for everyone. And I, that is such a gift to have someone have your whole awareness. I noticed this when Marion and Dave were moving to San Clemente. There were movers there and it was pouring down rain and they had workers there. The workers were, were delayed or they, they had not... Um, finished doing the work that they needed to do in the house. So the workers are there working on the house. The movers are moving furniture in. You know, Marion's doing a million things. And Dave is talking to these workers being so kind. You know, I would be such a stressed out, crazy woman, you know, on top of everyone. But he just had these kind words to say to these, you know, workers that were just trying to hurry up and get everything done. But anyway, it's just an example of, of the leadership that we have here at this church that has been passed down. And, um, and, you know, by coming here every week, 
I am just reminded of the presence and the love of God with all of you people and um, through our pastor and through Marion and, and Nina and Scott and Frank and everybody and John, you know, the, the loved one. So thank you. I'm just so happy to be here. Thank you, Dave. And everything she said was absolutely true, except the beard was purple. <laughs> absolutely purple. Bright purple. You know. I know you're all waiting to find out who has been here since God made dirt, right? That doesn't mean that they're old. It just means they've been with us since, oh gosh, it's getting to be six, seven years now. And, uh, and they've become one, uh, two of our board members. So we call them Stina, but it's actually Tina and Steve. Because they're, they're just together, you know? Stina. Hi, my name is Steve, and I've never been referred to as old as dirt. But um, it's the first time for everything. Uh, I, st- I was going to say, hi, I'm Steve. I'm a Lutheran. Okay. I don't know what it is. Okay. From the frozen tundra. Thank you, Scott. Hi, Scott. So, uh, yeah, I got a lot of stuff here written on this piece of paper, but the bottom line is God's taken me through places that I've kind of needed to be as they happened. And uh, as I grew up, I was, you know, raised a Lutheran, and I got this Bible when I was confirmed. Don't even know what that meant. I was just there. And it has, it's called the Oxford Annotated Bible. And the scripture's down the middle, and then each side has, like, paragraphs of explanations of what this means in the middle. And that, that just tells you where it's at. I had no idea, is this all academic, some intellectual thing about God. Moved out of that, and uh, ultimately moved to California, and... Um, and at the time, I was looking for some help. I had a lot of stuff going on in my life. My life had become very unmanageable. And uh, uh, I might have been pictured by a lot of people as successful, but I was unmanageable. And I found this fundamental little church in Santa Ana, and that was very helpful to learn more about what God had to say. Uh, but it was very instructional, very rules-based. But I needed rules then. And then we, I, I married Tina at that little church, and we quickly got out of that little church because it didn't fit anymore. But we ran out to Tribuco Canyon. We moved away to Tribuco Canyon, which was like moving to another state. But nonetheless, we, we found uh, this other mega church that was just developing, and we went there for, I don't know, almost three decades. And it was very helpful to help us raise our family and, again, give us good instruction on how to be a father and a dad and a family guy and all those stuff, you know, good with the career and things like that. But when we became empty nesters, life again became empty and a little unmanageable. And then 2010 hit and I had what uh, I looked up in the dictionary. I said, what is an existential crisis? And I looked it up and I said, I think I'm having one of those. Okay. So it was really a difficult time. And we were searching because the megachurch wasn't delivering what, what uh, really fit for us. So we uh, found, <clears throat> again, we, we uh, heard about the effect, looked at the website, I'm going, what is this place? We're going to show up. We're going to see what's going on. <clears throat> but when I showed up, I really liked the music, okay? To me, the music was very soothing, very calming, very healing. And that's the kind of stuff I needed to have at that time to calm me down and help me out a little bit. And I tell people that um, Dave makes religion really a relationship, and it's kind of simple, Okay. I've even told people that Dave takes the anxiety out of religion. Okay, so uh, with that, I'm going to let my better half speak, and uh, she's she's not as old as dirt. She's a lot younger than me. And you just stole my line about oh. the anxiety. Well. We should have rehearsed, which is why I have my notes. Um, 
I'm so glad to see so many faces here. Uh, we, I think you said 2010. I think it was about 2008 where I realized I was having a, I was in burnout and I was also having a crisis of faith. And uh, the megachurch we'd been gone, going to for 27 years, uh, although wonderful and served its purpose greatly as we were raising our family, um, was no longer helping me or helping us. Uh, and I was kind of just sliding down a internal slope that was not healthy at all. Uh, and so I was looking for a place to just go hide. I just I had served for so many years, taught Bible studies, facilitated all kinds of small groups, and I just wanted to hug the back row. And this place allowed me to do that. And I think I did that for about 18 months. Um, but in that time, what it gave me a chance to do was to um, deconstruct my faith, um, dissect it, figure out what it was I believed. I knew Jesus was the plumb line, but everything else was up for grabs. And uh, the neat thing about this church and Dave is he invites you to question. He invites you to be curious. He, um, he actually welcomes it uh, because it allows us to really then own it. And I realized that I was on autopilot for many years raising the kids. I believed what I believed because that's what was being told to me from the pulpit. And, and as I said, it served its purpose, and I, I mean no disrespect toward that. But this was the place I could come and just let down. I found a community of people, as everyone has said, imperfect people, that loved me for who I was, and I learned to love them without judgment and without... Uh, needing to convince them of, of what I had always felt was to be true, and it opened up dialogue and conversation in a way that had never happened before. It was a safe place, um, a calming place, a f- peaceful place. Dave's messages were just soothing. And to piggyback on what Steve said, it took the stress out. It took all the anxiety of the have-tos and the need-tos and the fill-in-the-blanks and the, the drivenness that I think we see in our culture, but even in our churches today. So um, I could go on and on, and I won't, but any of you that are out there searching or you know, just in a place where maybe you know, you're in that second half of life like we are, not that this isn't a great place for first place, first half as well, but... If you're in that place where you either you're done with church or you thought you were done with church or you just didn't know what you wanted, I would just invite you to come and and hug that back row if you need to and you know sit back and just be curious and and you know ask yourself some questions and let let the word pour into you and the music pour into you. We just think it's a fabulous place. So thank you very much.